What's new at Cold Wax Academy? As Rebecca and Jerry enter the fourth year of live programming, they are bringing a special emphasis to reviewing and consolidating prior learning, as well as to increased member involvement on a variety of topics like professional development, mentoring issues, and other questions posed to the group. As always, members are also encouraged to take part in the online sessions, where lively discussions take place as Rebecca and Jerry respond in real time. And don't forget that Cold Wax Academy members have unlimited streaming access to over 100 previously recorded sessions covering a broad range of topics. You don't have to use Cold Wax Medium to benefit from the content in these recordings. Artists who use other painting media also find a wealth of valuable information there, from the effective use of the visual elements and composition, to personal voice and intentions, to personal issues like procrastination and work-life balance, and much, much more. For more information and to join Cold Wax Academy, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about self-promotion for the reticent. If you're an artist who wants to get your work out into the world to be seen, appreciated, and even purchased, you will face the need for self-promotion. If that idea makes you squirm, you are not alone, and this podcast is for you. Why do so many artists hate the idea of promoting themselves? Probably because many of us were taught from an early age to be modest, to avoid mentioning our achievements, and to be grateful for whatever life handed us without seeking more. But dealing with the art world requires a different approach. You need to let people know who you are and what you do if you want to advance your career. Today, we'll talk about ways of self-promotion that may be comfortable even if you have a reserved, humble, or quiet personality. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, This topic uh, came to my mind because I'm uh, currently uh, preparing a presentation for some other artists in the community where I live who are interested in learning about how to use Facebook and Instagram, kind of the basics of self-promotion through social media. And I realized that self-promotion uh, in general is something that a lot of artists really are averse to doing. <laughs> they just don't like the idea. And yet it underlies so much of what uh, could lead to success with your work in the wider world. That, that um, basically marketing yourself, advertising yourself, um, that doesn't sound good to a lot of people. Uh, And there are a lot of kinds of self-promotion, and they may uh, all or most seem stressful to you. Um, I mentioned social media, but there's other things that you do in that realm, like contacting galleries, um, sending out newsletters to update people about what you're doing. Um, Even, you know, if you're working on your website, creating the text that will go on the website, what what are you going to say about yourself? And maybe even having a website is something that you're sort of nervous about. And, um, you know, in the intro, you kind of mentioned what I think is probably a really big underlying reason, and that is training from a young age. Um, 
where you you kind of worry about asking for too much or or acting like you know you have an inflated view of yourself and I think a lot of people especially in my generation were taught that that was not how kids were supposed to act and so it gets ingrained pretty early on um and particularly probably among women and and we were taught that wanting more was greedy and saying good things about yourself was boasting and calling attention to yourself in any way was showing off and those are all really negative ideas that you could develop about yourself and they go against what is a positive need um, to be seen to be recognized to be able to say this is who I am this is what I do Um, and so there's this kind of conflict that's built into a lot of people's personalities and I would say you know on the other hand you you may genuinely have a humble personality maybe you know a reserved person you may be an accepting kind of person like okay this is how it is and that may suit you in your personal life just fine like you might be sort of quiet in a group or you don't really like to talk about yourself um and and you may be happy with that and and it's not you know i'm not saying that that's what you need to change about your personality but the basic premise today what we're going to talk about is that um if you're in the art world and you're getting your work out there you do need to find a way to make self promotion comfortable for you and i think it means it doesn't have to mean that you change who you are um that you can still be yourself and self promote and in fact that's probably the best way to do it um it's if you go into it thinking wow i have to really impress everybody um be someone i don't feel like maybe i am i think that's just basically um uncomfortable and so that's kind of what i <laughs> that's the the approach i want to take today for this and if you know if you're listening to this and you go well i don't i don't have that problem <laughs> well that's good and a lot of people don't but i've i've met enough people that just want to run the other way when this topic comes up so so hopefully we can we can give a little bit of insight here. Well, and I'm sure that there are some people who are are more talented at self promotion, um, but it, this is something that for nearly everyone is awkward at least at first. Um, yeah. Even if you have not suffered from you know particular kind of uh, cultural attitudes or things like that toward self promotion, certain negative attitudes that are uh, as you mentioned. Uh, kind of often taught to us when we're very young. Uh, most people still find it somewhat awkward, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to to promote yourself or to even speak positively about yourself. Yeah, and especially I think um, verbally in person. And most of what I'm talking about here would be things that you would write, you know, that you would have a little bit of time to think about. And, and how you want to, um, to phrase things so that it might be more honest, be more real. But moments when you, when you are asked to talk about yourself uh, sort of off the cuff, that, that is hard. <laughs> I, I just encountered that at, a, at an opening, um, art opening that I had the other night in Santa Fe, and there was some people interested in a piece. And 
um, I was asked to just off the cuff talk about um, the work, and it wasn't necessarily so much about me, but I still had to step into this role of, um, you know, just speaking very, very clearly and positively about what I was trying to do in the work. And it was fine. It was it was all good. But there's that moment when you say, "Oh, really? I have to, I have to come up with something now." Um, and those those times also happen uh, when you're out and about in the world, and um, basically you're being asked to be confident, to speak positively about yourself and your work, and to create, you know, a certain image of yourself. And that's basically what self-promotion is, whether it's, you know, in the moment something you're saying or whether it's something you have a little bit of more, you know, time to compose and think about and think what's the right words here. And any of that, that um, stuff I just talked about, like being, you know, confident, being positive, it may not jive with how you think about yourself because, you know, many people are self-critical and many people um, are a bit shy and reticent, as we said in the title. Um, but I think uh, what what I'd like to talk about here is that it helps to separate um, what are basically good and genuine ways of being, like being humble or being, you know, reticent. Those are fine, being a bit reserved. Separate that from any self-talk which is negative. And and if you have self-talk that says, I'm not good enough to speak this way about my work, then that is, um, that is something to challenge. And I think that shows up in different ways when you stop and think about why do I hesitate to promote myself? It could be you know, I thought of a few different things. Could be imposter syndrome. We've mentioned that before, and many people listening will know what that is. But it's this basic feeling of, I'm not really an artist. These other people are artists, but I'm not. And who am I to say that I'm an artist or to promote myself as an artist? And that's a that's a deeply felt negative thing that you can feel about yourself and can get in the way. So it's kind of you know, recognizing that. Do I do I actually feel that way? Is that getting in my way? Um, it's kind of tied in with feelings of inadequacy or, you know, who care? Who cares about my work? <laughs> uh, and you might be tempted to, when you speak about yourself as an artist, to, um, you know, put yourself down a little bit or say, well, I'm not really very developed or something. Um and, and find it hard to, to say confident, positive things. And I think with when you're self-promoting, you are trying to stand out. You are trying to uh, be someone to be noticed. And if you're, if you're on the shy side, that, that can be hard because you may basically have a fear of standing out and, and being in the spotlight because... Um, that's a that's a vulnerable position. You know, you may feel that if I stand out in some way, I can also be knocked down, put put down and criticized. And so there's a certain kind of courage that it takes to, you know, step forward and say, hey, look at me. <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty hard. And there's also a feeling 
that you may simply just not be very interesting, you know, that you might be boring if you talk about yourself. And, you know, again, it's one of those things that we may have learned as a child was, you know, don't talk that much about yourself. I have to say, as a personal note, um, this podcast has really been challenging that way. And I think you know that, Ross, when we first talked about doing this, the idea that I would speak for a period of time um, and not, hopefully, not be boring. Hopefully, people are listening and many people are listening. Um, and it, w- I felt really exposed. And that's, the podcast is a type of self-promotion where you're, you know, I'm speaking to an audience and you're speaking to an audience. Um, and and sometimes I feel that way when I've been teaching all day too. And I'll, I'll end the teaching day and think, wow, you know, what did I did all what did I do all day long but spout my opinions and ideas, you know? And it's kind of uh, uncomfortable when I realize that's how I spent the day. And was I really okay? Was I really interesting? I mean, you kind of touched on uh, some of the kind of uh, talking talking down your work, actually. Um, and I think that a lot of people, that's kind of a, a reaction. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's, it's trying to put yourself down before somebody else can, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, yeah. it's what you're reacting to is is uh, a situation that doesn't actually exist, or at least it doesn't exist yet. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. you're you're trying to it's it's a it's a defensive mechanism that a lot of us learn when we're young. Yes, you know, and- th- to be kind of self deprecating, <laughs> and uh, and and above all else, you know, in especially in a situation where you're trying to get sales. The thing that you do not want to do is trash talk your yourself or right. trash talk your art. Um, that is that is the worst possible thing that you can do. Um, and so, like that's that's a habit that you if if that is a habit that you have, that's a habit you need to break as soon as possible. Yeah, that's so true, and it is a habit, and it is something people fall into it as soon as they start to feel a little bit uncomfortable about what someone thinks of them in any case, but you know, look, there's somebody's looking at your work, uh, which is highly personal. And you are in that vulnerable moment where one of the easiest things to do is to, is to be self-deprecating, which I think is different than being humble. I mean, I think, I think you can be humble, um, in the sense of understanding that, that a lot of things are relative, you know, and that, um, I think I think if you're not humble, you're saying things that aren't really true. But if you are humble, you're you're trying to stick to the the truth about yourself in the most positive light. And I don't think that is uh, something um, objectionable. I don't think people respond that way to it. And so it is kind of a fine line. And I I think sometimes people overcompensate if they feel unsure that they may overstate things um it's kind of the opposite reaction of being self-deprecating but feeling that they have to exaggerate or feeling that they have to make something bigger or better than it is and that's also kind of part of the problem i think that uh the truth has a ring to it and as much as you can be honest uh about your work uh without uh, of course like i said talking it down or or mm-hmm. 
or or reverting to being self-deprecating, that's that's going to be to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick minute to talk about what deals are available from Blick. Utrecht Artist Imperfect Oil Paint Tubes and Cans are now 65% off. Blick is clearing out imperfect tubes of Utrecht Artist Oil Paints. This is your chance to stock up on these professional quality oil paints at incredible sale prices. Limited quantities available while supplies last, all sales are final. Prized by professionals for their brilliant color, rich texture, outstanding light fastness, and excellent long-term performance, Utrecht has been handcrafting these fine artist oil colors in Brooklyn, New York for over 50 years. High pigment concentrations guarantee superior tinting strength and remarkable vibrancy straight from the tube. These are the same high-quality Utrecht artist oils that you normally buy. They're just tubes and cans that have been dented during shipping or handling, and uh, they're just not quite perfect, but it's the same high-quality paint inside. To get the imperfect Utrecht artist oil paint tubes and cans at 65% off list price, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash B-L-I-C-K. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, then Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast, which really helps us to pay bills around here. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. All right, let's get back into it. So I wanted to talk a bit about how to do this. I mean, if we're, we're hoping to give people some, you know, some concrete things about how to, how to work with self-promotion if it's uncomfortable. Um, and we just were touching on, on honesty. And I think that's really uh, probably the most important thing, but you might, if you had to write something for say your website, newsletter, um, magazine article, a lot of Articles now are actually done by email or something like that, so you're not actually being uh, talked to, but you might have um, an in-person interview as well or just some questions to answer. So I think a good way to start thinking about self-promotion is to write down um, factual aspects of yourself and your work, and that would be things like, well, how long have you been making your art? Where do you live? Where do you, you know, where's your studio? What media you use? And also what exhibits you've been in, um, what publications, what achievements. Those are all facts. And some, I start out with things like, where do I live? And then if I get to things like, what are my achievements? It might become a little, a little less comfortable, but those are facts too. You know, you won an award, you were accepted to a residency, any of that stuff. Is just simply factual. Um, I think also when you're thinking about what to say about yourself, you can think about things like, um, you know, what what are your concerns? What are the basic themes of your work? What are you interested in? Um, and and to kind of when you're just kind of going through what you might say, think about if you're talking to someone in person. And not really feeling put on the spot, but you're just telling them some things. And, you know, what would your tone be there? It would be conversational. Um, it would be friendly. And so those are good things to keep in mind. When you actually get down to writing something, it's probably going to be quite a bit more formal. But 
I think it helps to kind of put yourself in the position of somebody who would be hearing this and, you know, going, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, you've, you've got this in your background. And I think another tip is it doesn't have to be really long. You know, if you're writing a newsletter or some little uh, piece of writing for self-promotion, it can be relatively short. And, and that's that's okay. I think people would usually rather read something that's short and honest <laughs> rather than something something that's you know overly long or overly emphatic um and think about the fact that people do like stories and everybody has stories and they have a place um in certain kinds of of um self promotion maybe on your website um on social media and what sometimes when people start to tell stories, there's again a little bit of a tendency to um, make it bigger or better than it was. <laughs> uh, storytelling involves a little bit of emphasis, but I think you still have to be honest. So if you're talking about, oh, maybe a series of events that led to an exhibit or something like that that is interesting, but you don't, I don't think, you need to overstate it. I mean, I think understating is always pretty much okay. <laughs> well, with that um, said, there are certain storytelling elements that are probably exist in your story, but just knowing how to tell a good story uh, that has kind of a beginning, middle, and end, a a hero who is probably you, a problem or a struggle that needs to be yeah. overcome. You know, those are those are all elements that are important for just being able to tell a good story. So it's not a bad idea to kind of think about the how to tell a story around your work yes. um, and, and what details need to be included in order to make a good story and what should not be included because uh, either they're unnecessary or um, they detract from the, uh, the purpose of the story. Uh, it, so it's, those, are, those are things to consider ahead of time before you... Uh, get to the point yeah. where you where you need to start talking about this stuff. No, I think that's really good, and and again to consider the tone. I, I kind of think if you're not a person who speaks with exclamation marks in your voice, you don't need them in your your written stuff either. Um, and sometimes you read things that are just they're full of like really emphatic statements that it just seem kind of out of place. So. Um, Telling a good story about your work, about yourself, is kind of conversational, kind of um, relatable. And I think that's that's a good thing to think about for self-promotion. It's not always appropriate. And, and I want to talk about some of the kinds of self-promotion and how they're kind of the same and they're different um, and just go through a few of these. So one of the things that you may be asked to do is a, a press release. If you're having an exhibit or you've taken part in an event, um, sometimes uh, somebody will approach you and say, can you write a press release about this that would go in the newspaper or um, a local magazine or something, and or something online, actually, also. And so... Um, this is a good place to just like state your credentials and experience, mention, you know, where you live, where you work, and then a summary of the event. So typically press releases are kind of impersonal. They're not 
the kind of thing that is, um, you know, human interest, usually they are very factual and, and written in the third person. So if I were writing one, I would say Rebecca Kroll is currently having an exhibit, blah, blah, blah. Um, probably you're dealing with a word count. So these are press releases are kind of formal and controlled. And that's probably one of the easier things to write in a way because you don't have to editorialize at all. Just, just the facts. Um, often, uh, another type of self-promotion is a bio. And you, you can get asked to write these for a show, for an event, and, and sort of uh, telling about yourself. And again, I think that being factual <clears throat> there is the best basis. Um, if you use the third person, this lends a little bit more formal tone. And, and if this is for a website or something, or an exhibit, I think it's good to have that formality. So it when someone reads it, they feel that this is an objective observation about what is known about you. And um, if you don't have a strict word count on that, you can expand a little about your influences, your ideas, and so on. So the bio tends to be a little bit more personal and, and interesting. Um, newsletters are another thing that we're often advised to send out periodically for self-promotion. Um, art business people advise collecting a mailing list and using newsletters at least a few times a year. Um, you don't want to overdo it because people will stop reading them. But, uh, you know, I think quarterly is great. I don't manage to do it that often, but... Um, uh, they they can be um, more personal. This is like news from your studio, what's happening, and and you can be looser about these to whatever extent you know you feel okay with. Um, unless you are a very bubbly and emphatic person, you don't have to create that for the newsletter. You can you can be reserved. You can be yourself. Um, I would say my own newsletters are friendly, but reserved. So if I have an exhibit, I might say, uh, you know, I'm pleased to announce this exhibit, or I'm excited about this exhibit, but I don't use exclamation marks. <laughs> um, so I don't treat it, I don't think you should treat it like a diary with just rambling on about a lot of stuff, but, you know, to the point so that it's something people want to read with pictures of your work, um, relatively short, probably. Um, and I would say, what I'm saying about my own newsletter is that's what suits me. And I think this is a place where you find your own voice, you find your tone, and and you find something that you feel comfortable with uh, talking about. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, um, and I'm not really going to get into social media today, because we've we've done um, another episode about that, uh, two two. 101 episode <laughs> was talking about crafting your social media presence, etc. But the last thing I want to, you know, kind of bring up today is about websites. And these differ a lot. When you look at a lot of artists' websites, some of them are really personal, really chatty. They reveal a lot about the person. Um, and again, if that's who you are and you're comfortable with that, that's that's pretty much okay. I do think that websites also need a certain reserve, a certain formality, because the people reading them um, are coming to your website for different reasons. And they may be mostly 
interested in your in seeing the visuals, you know, and seeing the work, mildly interested in your life, your hobbies, your pets, etc., or not at all. And so I think a middle road with a website is good. Um, it creates a picture of who you are in the public sense, I think, um, in your more professional role. So pictures of your studio are, are great. Um, uh, something about yourself is fine, your, your artist statement. Um, but I think sticking with things that are relevant to your work, um, unless something like gardening, uh, your hobbies and things like that are relevant to your work, I don't think the website is a place for those. And, and again, this is personal opinion, but I'm most impressed by artists' websites that have um, enough information about the artist to be engaging, um, you know, where they live, what their studio looks like, and something about maybe their process and their ideas and so on. But I, I get a little turned off when I read something that starts to become very personal or their entire life history. <laughs> so, you know, there's no rules here. That's just my opinion. And, um, but I think that the point of this, um, everything we're talking about here is to find what's comfortable for you. You don't have to reveal that much on your website or your newsletters if you're not okay with it. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yes. And I would say that avoiding self-promotion and, and, and just not dealing with it uh, can be a habit with you. And you just say, I don't do that. I don't do social media. I don't do newsletters. Um, and maybe it's something you, you don't really question. You just say, that's how I am, because you basically don't like the idea. But I guess what you know, we're trying to do today is say, question that attitude, take whatever small steps you can in the direction that feels okay for you, and then take some bigger ones. Um, find your way of dealing with self-promotion that, you know, is you. You don't have to inflate yourself. You don't have to put yourself down. There's something in the middle that is honest. And, um, and in time, it becomes second nature, and it does become pretty comfortable to do and pretty natural. So um, just encouraging people who are hanging back with this to, to give it a try. All right, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rosstickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>